Chapter eight. In that millisecond, everything I knew or thought I knew was reduced to one word, poison. I fell to my knees and cradled Rosie to my chest. I didn't care if the slime on her fur burned off every ounce of my flesh. Rosie, I ran my hands along her body, wiping off as much of the slime as I could. Her breathing was shallow and she whimpered quietly. I'm sorry, girl, so sorry. Brooks was back in human form. She, set, she knelt next to me, shaking her head and apologizing over and over. It was like her voice was lost in a dark tunnel somewhere, muffled and distant. How do I heal her? I asked. It didn't matter that I sounded like a baby or my eyes burned with hot tears. Rosie trembled in my arms. Brooks! The novel seemed lost, scanning the ground as if the miracle answer were there to be plucked from the cave. Rosie looked at me with those big brown eyes like she was pleading with me to make it all better. I hated myself for breaking my promise, for letting her get hurt. Hang on, girl, I said, standing up. I started to carry her out. All the muscles in my legs screamed. I could do this. One careful foot in front of the other, like walking the volcano's rim. Rosie's breathing grew heavy, a deep, awful kind of heavy that made me want to punch a hole through this stupid world. And then she shuddered for the last time. Her body lay there in my arms, still. I fell to my knees. I couldn't even inhale. Then, in an instant, Rosie vanished into a shimmering stream of blue dust. I stared blankly at my now empty hands. Rosie? Where's Rosie? What just happened? Brooks looked as stunned as I felt. Brooks, where did my dog go? I was angry now, a freaking out kind of angry. She shut her eyes and shook her head slowly. Jibalba, the underworld. No, how? She was killed by a demon runner, and that means it's a real place? Where is it? I need to go find her. I was shouting now. You, you can't go there. Why not? Because you'd have to be dead. My anger turned in, into a terrible heat that raced through my blood like lava. We have to get out of here, Brooks cried. More demon runners will come and try to, not without Rosie. She isn't here, Zane. It was hard enough getting rid of one demon runner. Imagine fighting half a dozen of them. Brooks grabbed me by the arm, making me look her in the eyes. Please. What about your big quest, I said, shrugging her off. Brooke's bottom lip trembled. The prophecy is supposed to come to pass during the eclipse. Her voice was quiet and small. We still have a day left to find the artifact. But right now, I have to get you out of here. This isn't the right time. I heard thunder boom outside. My heart didn't want me to leave, but my brain knew I had to. If I was going to help Rosie, I needed answers, and they weren't in the cave. Puke, his stupid artifact, and all these demons could rot for all I cared. I won't forget you, Rosie, I said into the darkness. I'll come for you. Back outside, a sudden rain slashed the desert, soaking us in an instant, washing away the slime and soothing my skin. My bum leg was bleeding from the puncture wounds in my calf, and my head throbbed and every inch of me ached. Brooks could have left me behind, but she didn't. She followed as I stumbled to the bottom of the muddied trail. I turned my hands over, assessing the poison's damage. My palms looked and felt like someone had scalded them with hot water. Brooks rubbed her own hands together in the rain. When a demon runner is threatened, they, their skin oozes venom. It's a defense mechanism. How come it killed Rosie, but not us? Brooks didn't look at me. Rosie is just a dog. She's not just a dog. That's not what I meant, Brooks said hastily. I meant, I'm an all-wall, a supernatural, so the poison couldn't kill me, and you're, her voice cut off. What? You're a supernatural too. Supernatural? I echoed in disbelief. Headlights shone from across the desert. Someone was driving toward us. I've got to go, Brooks, Brooks shouted as the rain subsided. 
first tell me how to get Rosie back. Brooks pushed her sopping wet hair off her face. I don't know. Her voice was wobbly and I thought she might start crying, but no tears came or maybe the rain hid them. It's my fault, she said. I thought I could do this. I thought I could make everything better. Better? Make what better? The headlights were only 20 yards away. Whoever was coming already had us in their sights. I dragged myself forward, determined to find my dog as well as some answers. If Brooks didn't have them, maybe my Maya book would. I'd read about the underworld before and I sort of remembered a story about someone who'd gone there or come back from there. I wasn't sure which. When I turned back to ask Brooks if she knew that myth, she was gone. She must have flown off. A scratching sound nearby caught my attention. I lifted my gaze to see an owl blacker than ink perched on a boulder above me. It was the same one from the other night. That couldn't be Brooks, could it? The owl's yellow eyes glowed like two flickering flames as they peered at me. No, Brooks only knew how to turn into a hawk, and she wouldn't choose the form of an owl even if she could. Mom said they were omens of death and to stay far away from them. The headlight shone across the space and the owl spread its wings. Its penetrating gaze held me frozen as it said in a woman's raspy voice, the prophecy has begun. A talking owl? After the day I'd had, why not? I picked up a rock and launched it at the bird, missing its glistening body by a long shot. I'm not part of any stupid prophecy. I only want my dog back. The owl let out a single cry. It was more of a screech than a hoot, and it took off into the sky. I recognized the little red truck as soon as Miss Cab stepped out. It was a hunk of junk that sat in her driveway ever since I could remember. It took a second for my brain to click. Blind people don't drive. How was she here? I wondered, how had she known where to find me? Zane, you need to come with me, she said. My stomach suddenly felt queasy. My knees buckled, and then I passed out. When I woke up, I was in Miss Cab's house. The ceiling fan turned in lopsided circles above me. Oh, good, you're awake, she said as she sidestepped the piles of paper and books strewn across her cluttered living room. I'd never understood why she had so many books, her being blind and all. I sat up on the yellow velvet sofa. It was where I always sat when I answered her psychic hotline. Her place smelled like wet desert and pencil shavings, probably because the walls were made of little mud bricks with straw poking out. She sat in her usual red leather chair with the nail head trim. I've applied some healing ointment to those burns. I looked at my hands, thinly layered in a goop like aloe vera. Already I could see the red burns diminishing. The phone rang and Miss Cab picked it up with a sigh. On vacation until further notice, she said, then set the receiver back down. Tell me what happened, Zane. Miss Cab's voice sounded like a slow-mo recording. I stared up at the ceiling fan for I don't know how long. And then, real, and then reality came crashing down on me. According to some stupid prophecy, I was going to release the god of death, darkness, and destruction into the world. I had cleared a path to the cave, setting everything in motion. That demon runner, it had said my name and killed Rosie. She was really gone. Tears stung my eyes. Miss Cab folded her wrinkled hands in her lap. Zane? I sat up, studying Miss Cab. How do you know I was out there? And how did you drive blind? All will be revealed in time, she said. First, though, the teapot screamed, making me jump. Hold on, Miss Cab said. She went into the kitchen and brought back two cups of brew. I wasn't in the mood for tea. Actually, I was never in the mood for the stuff, but I knew better than to argue with Miss Cab, so I took a sip. It was worse than licking a dirty ashtray. I scrunched up my nose and stuck out my tongue. 
It'll heal your insides and help you relax, she said. You took quite a beating. I told you to stay away from that dreadful place. If only I'd listened. Rosie would still be alive. Miss Cab took off her glasses. Her eyes were milky white with no irises. What happened at the volcano, Zane? Why were you with that narwhal? What did she tell you? A bitter anger pulsed beneath my skin, and I wanted to say, you're a psychic, figure it out. But instead, I said, Rosie's gone. Miss Cab shook her head. I'm sorry about that. Hand me that box next to you, would you? My hands trembled as I gave her the black shoe-sized box. I'd never seen it around the house before. It was light and made of rough balsa wood. On its lid were Maya hieroglyphs painted in red, a bug-eyed skull, a large-beaked bird, and a pointy-tongued snake. Miss Cab opened the box slowly. When I saw what was inside, my stomach lurched and I thought I might throw up. There were two rows of eyeballs. Yeah, that's right. Real live eyeballs. She leaned over the box, plucked out her existing eyes like they were contact lenses, and replaced them with a new pair. She shut and opened her eyelids, revealing new gray irises. She placed the plain white ones in the box. I was definitely going to be sick. Miss Cab, you... Calm down, Zane. Drink your tea. So this was what shock felt like. Pure buzzing, suck wind, sucking wind shock. I could only nod and blink. I blinked a lot, as if I were only one blink away from all this being some bad nightmare. I was going to wake from safe in my bed with Rosie next to me. I sipped mindlessly at the nasty tea. Miss Cab's new gray eyes followed me. Even though the tea tasted awful, it was making me feel calmer. Your eyes still look creepy, I said. And as soon as the words were out, I could hardly believe I'd said something so rude. Sorry, I... Miss Cab adjusted the belt on her flowery dress and chuckled. The side effect of the healing tea makes you speak the truth. Now tell me every detail. My brain was all fuzzy, but I couldn't stop the words from spilling out of my mouth. I might have even told Miss Cab that I thought Brooks was beautiful. After I spat out the dreadful facts, she nodded and stood. So it really has begun. I had a million and one questions, but the only ones that mattered right now were focused on my dog. I need to find Rosie. Why'd she disappear like that? Miss Cab gave me a sad, kind smile, like she really did feel bad about Rosie. Magic is so mercurial, she said. One can never fully gauge its temperament or understand its logic. But if a demon runner killed her, well, she belongs to the underworld now. Oh dear, you look green. The world tilted. I don't feel so good. And I tossed my cookies all over her tile floor. She didn't even seem to mind simply patted me on the back as she cleaned up the mess. She told me that the healing truth tea makes everyone throw up. When I was done, I felt physically better, but emotionally worse and more confused than ever. I sat down on the sofa and rubbed the back of my neck. I don't get it. What do you have to do with all of this? Did you see that demon coming? I swallowed the words I really wanted to say. And if you did, why didn't you help me before my dog got killed? Miss Cab walked over to the bookcase and brought out a long scroll of yellowed paper from the shelf. I'm a Nick Wachinel, she said, a Maya seer. Brooks had called the great soothsayer a seer too. No wonder Miss Cab worked as a psychic. But why was I suddenly meeting all these Maya? I thought about the prophecy, a powerful innocent with ancient blood. I'd been so focused on the word powerful, I hadn't considered my having ancient blood. Was my dad Maya? Then I remembered the last thing Brooks said to me. 
you're a supernatural too. I didn't even know what that meant. My head spun as Miss Cab continued. It's my job to watch over you and don't look at me like that. I was about to ask, like what? When she added, so what if I don't always see the future clearly? It's these blasted eyes. I'm going to have to have a serious talk with my supplier. She shook her head and her left eye drifted a little. The point is, I came as soon as I got the vision of you fighting a demon runner. And as for how I could drive, my foresight might be compromised sometimes, but my regular eyesight is just fine. Thank you very much. You mean those white eyes are fake? I couldn't believe she fooled me all this time. I wear them in public as a cover. I don't want it getting around that I'm a Nick Wachanel. That could be dangerous. She put the scroll. I lost my spot. Hold on. That could be dangerous. She put the scroll down on the coffee table and they haven't hurt me professionally. People seem to have more respect for blind psychics for whatever reason. Wait, did you say you're supposed to watch over me? No offense, Miss Cab, but um, you don't seem like someone who could protect me. I mean, she was almost as short as my mom and older than her by like 30 years. You're safe, aren't you? At least for now. Safe? That demon took Rosie and it dragged me across the cave to make me set puke face free. Yes, well, sometimes I can't be sure if my visions are happening in real time or the distant future. It's called a delayed response, but at least I found you when I did, or that girl would have had you releasing a pooch into this world. No, I frowned. Brooks was here to warn me and to take the artifact far away to stop the prophecy. Novels can be tricksters, Zane. They can't be trusted. I thought about that. Brooks had said loyalty was in her DNA. She had helped me fight the demon runner, hadn't she? but I still didn't know much about her or her so-called quest. And if her quest was so important, why did she insist that we leave the cave? Had she felt so rotten about Rosie she couldn't go on? Or was she really scared of more demon runners showing up? Miss Cab stuck her finger on her left eye and rolled it slightly until the iris was back to the center. You might get sick again later, depending on how many lies are inside of you, she said matter-of-factly, as if she were describing flu symptoms. How many lies are in me? I haven't lied. Miss Cab ignored my outburst and went on. Also, you're going to have to keep a low profile. Where there's one demon runner, there are bound to be more. And when they find out you've killed one of their own, adios. She shook her head casually, like I'd broken a teacup instead of stabbed a monster. Oh God, I was just thinking about the demon runner. Oh God, just thinking about the demon runner made me feel sick all over again. We need to run, my voice quivered. Get my mom and Hondo and go far away, like Alaska or Tibet or something. Definitely somewhere with no volcanoes. Miss Cab walked to the window nonchalantly, pulled the lace curtain back, and peered into the night. I'm afraid that won't do us any good, Zane. You see, the prophecy of fire is powerful, more powerful than your will. She must have seen the confusion on my face because she came over and sat next to me. It's like sleep. No matter... No amount of running or hiding is going to keep it from finding you. It will always come, no matter what. I didn't even try to understand her words with the logic part of my brain. Clearly facing this new reality was going to take something more, something more, something I wasn't sure I had in me, a belief in the impossible. I threw my head back against the sofa and rubbed my eyes. Why me? I'm just some kid who doesn't even matter. Actually, you're not just some kid. You're, she hesitated, a supernatural? Yeah, Brooks told me. What does that even mean? Am I a narwhal too? If Miss Cab was surprised, she didn't show it. She patted my short leg and said slowly, it means you're only part human. 
The words reached my ears, but it took a few more seconds for them to penetrate my mind. I know it's shocking for your human side to take in, she said, so I'll give you a few minutes to absorb it. A few minutes was really five seconds because she launched right into the next part, and what she told me turned my world upside down and inside out.